And that jarring cacophony tells you that you're back with the Power of Three podcast. And it's the end, but the moment has been prepared for, for 2023 at least. I'm Kenny Smith. I'm here with my pal who's been on, I suppose it's fair to say, the majority of episodes that uh, we've done this year in the revived, the restored, the regenerated, the regurgitated, if you wish, Power of Three podcast. Hello, I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. 2023, phew, what a scorcher. <laughs> it's what people did not say about the weather in Scotland this year. No, it's really nice. I was actually, I was permatanned all summer because I was working outside and got roasted. My tan, even now, my tan lines are something to behold. Um, <laughs> actually, yes, I've still got mine. Recording this. Well, don't put that away. That's terrible. Listeners, this is our Hogmanay episode. And as this episode is released, I'm probably either en route to Edinburgh to help set up for the, the Hogmanay stuff that's going on, or else, as you're listening to now, I may even be on my way home, or I may be in bed trying to get some sleep before I head back through to Edinburgh in the early hours of the first to take down all the stuff that we've been setting up on Hogmanay. So this is a bit of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey going on. I'm appearing in two or three places at once right now. And are you on the Earth 2 podcast as well? Yes, there's a, there's a, there's a very special... Hogmanay episode of the Earth 2 podcast also available today. A follow-up to um, to last year when Batman and Robin visited Scotland and met the Loch Ness Monster. We're doing a story this year where Green Arrow and Speedy visit Scotland because um, Green Arrow inherits a castle but it's no appearances in the Loch Ness Monster, sadly. But there's a funny oh. bit. Well, actually, there's a couple of funny bits. Three funny bits of it with bagpipes. So there you go. Make sure you check that out, listeners. Kenny's not on the Hogmanay episode this year, but don't let that put you off. Absolutely not. It's probably more of an encouragement to go and listen, so so there we go. We should also explain, for those who don't know, Hogmanay is the Scottish term for the 31st of December, the end of year, where we all have our hootenannies and such likes. It's not just Jules Holland who has them. I'm having my hootenanny right now, which is why I'm sitting in such an awkward position. <laughs> we should say, Dave, did you have a good Christmas? I've just realised this is the first time we've spoken since Christmas. It is actually. Yes, I did. It was fine. Um, through my mum's on Christmas Eve, my sister brought me back through um, on Christmas night. It was quite good. I was quite tired actually on it because um, a bit of a cold the last couple of weeks. Work's been a lot busier than last December, so it's not been so easy for me to get rid of my cold. But it was, yeah, it was good. It was fun. How about yourself? Christmas itself was great. Um, the journey back from Salisbury, well, as you know, was hell. It uh, got up at 7am and got home at 4am due to car breakdowns and Lots of failures on behalf of the RAC, but we'll not go into that. I'm home safely now, and that's what matters. And I got some rather fab Doctor Who presents, including the Revenge of the Cybermen soundtrack. Um, I got the Doctor Who annual, Doctor Who calendar. I got some Target novelizations that I hadn't got. So, yeah, all in all, not bad. Not bad at all. I was about to say, I don't know if I get anything Doctor Who related, but I did, of course, because you gave me, some, you gave me a couple of sets of the character action figures I didn't have. And that little little box of audiobooks. So yes, I did get a few. I don't have a copy of the annual actually. I have to try and track one down. I believe that Paul Lang said it sold out though, so I might 
I might be on plums for that one. We'll have to see what happens. It we'll is very good. And we'll hear a bit more about it. And I mean, as the listeners will hear right now, we are having our Power of Three party where it's you and I and a whole bunch of invited random strangers in the background who we yes. don't think their opinions are worth asking. So we'll just leave them in the background. But um, we'll just carry on with our chat. Um, I mean, let's look back on 2023 before we welcome our special guest later on. How would you say the anniversary year was for you personally? Did you enjoy it? I mean, for me... I think it was the associated things that went with it. I went to three conventions this year and wasn't particularly expecting to go to any, probably a wee while back before that, but ended up having a great time at Gallifrey at Novel Experiences, which we can't mention enough, and Hooverville mm-hmm. as well. So I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, Those were some of my real highlights of the year. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting year because... Um, Without really trying, I would say that my my active interest has has reawakened slightly. Not to the extent that it ever the height is the heights has been in the past. I'm not sure if that'll ever happen again, to be honest. But you know, you and I went through to Edinburgh for the, the exhibition at the um, of course, yeah. at the museum, um, which was which was a lot of fun. You know, I remember moaning at, at you dragging me through it um, at the crack of dawn on a Sunday. Of course, novel experiences, which was just joyous and probably was my my Doctor Who highlight of the year. Um, yes, even more so than 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 DT coming back or, or any of the Blu-ray sets or anything. But I mean, it's been a, it's been interesting year because I've been I've been re-engaging with Doctor Who on, in ways that sort of that I've always enjoyed in the past. You know, I've, I've watched a few discrete stories here, here and there. I read a bunch of books for our, our daily episodes in November. I've just reread the novelisation of the Massacre and reread the Black Archive on the Massacre because I was feeling a bit French. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's been an interesting one. There was a lot of anticipation for the, the special episodes, and I think you know I don't think I was really disappointed by them. And it's you know it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens next to the program. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, mean, I think there's, as you said, the book stuff, revisiting those, rereading those, were fantastic. And I think the fact that you and I hung out an awful lot more in person this year has always been good. Yes. And I think that yes. um, that's always been good fun as well because we may disagree on things but we always have a laugh and we always part with a big hug and that's what makes things so much more fun I'll, I'll, I'm going to be completely you know sentimental and, and say to be honest Kerry you've been the, you've been the highlight of my anniversary year we've Aww. known each other a very long time you and I not each we go back to the 90s really but I think this year we really got I mean I suppose on account of the podcast facility but we spent a lot more time together than we've done in the past and that, that's been that's been the highlight for me really be it trips to Edinburgh or trips to Derby or, or just hanging out and talking shite. Pardon the French <laughs> listeners, I apologise. Apologise, but I'll lose a clean rating. Hanging about with you has been the, the anniversary highlight, matey. I can't lie. Oh, that's, that's right. You actually, you're almost, you're, you're almost making me weep, but I'm just so tired after yesterday's exploits and five hours sleep last night. Uh, but also, let me get you a drink, Dave. What would you like? Oh, can I have a, a whiskey and coke, please? Okay, I can sort that very easily if you just listen here. You can, and obviously the YouTube viewers can watch me pouring it. Mm. There we go. And let's add the Coke. There you go. Over to you. I'm going to have a Bailey's with ice, which is wonderful, particularly for listeners who want to hear it. And let's add I the said, ice. I've got a feeling I had a Bailey's quite recently somewhere, but I can't remember who it was. Oh, I can't remember. It's joyous. Maybe. It's joyous. Maybe. I could be completely wrong on that. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I've, yes. had a gr- I've had a great year and I want to say thank you for that. And of course, obviously with the, all our other podcast pals who've come on and all their wonderful guests we've had throughout the year as well. Absolutely. It's been a fine, it's been a vintage year. 
for roundels, to coin a <laughs> phrase. <laughs> Hat tip to Colin Baker, 2008. As we say, as I always say, Kenny's infinite address book has struck many times. I'm always impressed by who the folk you can get on and the access that you have, etc. So it's been good. Um, set a high, high, you know, a high mark this year. So we'll have to see what happens in the future if you can keep that going. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, I suppose given that we've had, as you mentioned, quite a few guests, we should really maybe introduce our special guest who we've got for today's episode, who is, of course, like us, a Scottish person, although people probably won't actually realise this. Absolutely. Buying up to date, incredibly topical, given that she's, you know, recently appeared in a few episodes that have gone out for their 60th anniversary. It's um, very exciting who you've got today. You'd better, you'd better ask her to introduce herself. I think I should. Hello there. My name is Jacqueline King and I play Sylvia Noble in Doctor Who. Always a joy to chat with you again and particularly on this fine Hogmanay. Well, I say fine, we know that the weather's going to be dreek. It'll be dreek, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's Scotland for you, bless its heart. It <laughs> but at least it gives us good complexions and good hair. Oh, well, I wish I had hair, but uh, yes, <laughs> everybody else has good hair that has it, so yes. Well, if they wash it in the rainwater, they will. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's quite incredible to think that that's now what Christmas 2006, you came into our lives on our screen as Sylvia. Was that the first one? Gosh, 2006. God, that sounds like eons ago, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I suppose that's one of those things that when you got cast in the part, that was it, a one-off, I would have imagined. Absolutely, no, I had no expectations beyond that one, and I was excited beyond description about doing one, uh, because it was a Christmas episode, and that's wonderful, and when I found out that it was Catherine playing my daughter, well, I was cock-a-hoop, and, uh, and then David, who I'd always admired as the, as the uh, doctor, and I, I just thought, well, this is just the best experience of my life, thank you very much. Uh, I went home uh, on the train with, uh, with many members of the cast, it was um, lovely Don Gillet, the gulping um, uh, crystal uh, and uh, the man playing my husband who sadly died after that uh, and uh, we were just all lifting a glass saying what a wonderful experience wasn't that terrific aren't we lucky that hadn't been your first brush with Doctor Who because you had done a Doctor Who Unbound with Derek Jacobi for Big Finish years before. Oh, yes, you knew about that. Yeah, that was, oh, again, that was a lovely, exciting one because it was my birthday. I, I, you can't get a better birthday gift than working with Derek Jacobi. And and we had to kiss in the script or, or kiss something. I can't remember, but I do remember that we were in different booths, sound booths, and we could not do this kiss sound without giggling our socks off. Uh, and... Uh, and it took us about 10 minutes to do that scene. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, it's just amazing, you know, just to think that something that had been part of, you know, British culture, something that, you know, we've all grown up with, and there you yeah. were getting a part in it. And I know. I know. Dreams do come true sometimes, don't they? And, uh, and that, was, that was it for me. And then, of course, as you say, blow me. Um, Catherine wanted to do a whole series. Uh, and luckily, I, I got in on the shirt tails because being her mum, they couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that Russell does so brilliantly. He writes mums so well. Doesn't he? Doesn't he? He knows that we all need a hook. We need somebody to say, this is bizarre. They're all out there in space. They're all dealing with aliens. They've all got magic. They've got wands. They've got 
extraordinary screwdrivers. Um, uh, and you need somebody to be back down on earth going, what the heck? Uh, and there's a real life down here, and we're aghast and we're agog, uh, and we're getting on with practicalities. Very much so. And it's, she does it so well, and it's just that disdain that there is for for poor old David, uh, just pretty much from word go. And it's something that didn't really change until pretty much your last scene there that just went out. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I just love the fact that I finally got to suck him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and when I read that, I was just howling with laughter. And, and uh, we purposely took a long time over filming that bit uh, of me giving him a slap. So just, you know, to make sure I could get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way it should be. Keep these Scottish actors or these other Scottish actors in their place. <laughs> and now, of course, we've got Naputi. I mean, we've got everybody uh, Scottish, isn't it? Wonderful. Peter Capaldi, David, myself. Uh, but, I mean, it was very tempting to, to, to because David would speak with a Scottish accent in between takes. Uh, and I sometimes slip into it because I used to with my parents when I went home uh, I would very much pick up uh, the accent when I was chatting to them but I just thought well if I if I slip into it I'll I'll just I'll forget to be Sylvia when we're filming so I just stayed being very RP <laughs> <laughs> oh it's wonderful I, mean, I suppose that's the thing that over the course of your career you've had so many accents and so many different parts and obviously you've we, we, we know you as Doctor Who fans through your work here but what's been other highlights that you've done over the years? Oh I've had many highlights I've been so lucky with my career I, you see I had a very lucky start because having a Glaswegian father and a Highland mother meant that all that world opened up to me, all those those areas and accents. But I was brought up in the northeast of, of England, and at the time, nobody could do a Geordie accent. So I was really lucky. I got a lovely part in a long series called 55 Degrees North, and we did two series of that. And I had a fabulous role where each episode, my character took up on a new hobby. <laughs> so, so one week she'd be golfing, one week she'd be boxing, another week she'd be fishing. And it was hilarious. I had to learn a little bit about all these skills uh, and get to do my Geordie accent, which was fun. Uh, and and then another highlight. Oh, oh, the National Theatre. I was in a wonderful play called The Spring Storm by Tennessee Williams, uh, and I got to play a southern mother. And boy, did I love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's the great thing because it, as a, you know, as an actor, it gives you the chance just to be the, all those other people and just completely lose yourself for several hours. Oh, you, you've got it, Kenny. Yeah, you just, you know, you just get rid of all your inhibitions because, you know, naturally we are all shy, aren't we? There's no such thing as somebody who isn't shy. If they're being loud or confident, they're covering up for the shyness that they've got inside. Uh, but normally, yes, no, I'm, 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 I'm pretty quiet. Uh, and uh, and so to, to be able to suddenly burst into a, I don't know, a strong scene with David in Doctor Who, you know, slapping him or, or a shout or a growl. It's it's so exciting. You think, God, this is something I don't get to do in real life at all. Yeah. And did your parents get to see much of you doing all the, the wonderful things you've done? <laughs> oh, they, they got to see a fair bit. I mean, they both lived to an amazing age. My mother got to 97. Uh, and, I know. And my father got to 92. Um, so so they saw a fair bit, but what was hilarious was that 
that they weren't, in all honesty, great fans of Doctor Who. I don't say that they were anti it, but they just hadn't, they didn't know anything about it. Uh, and so when it came on, they weren't that impressed. And I did get the classic phone call uh, when it was the second Christmas Day outing. And she rang me up and she said, could you not be in something funny? <laughs> <laughs> You're not being Vicar of Dibley. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had that reaction, and then, and then another reaction where, where later down the line, because she had been forced to watch the entire fourth series, um, uh, she, her hearing wasn't so good, so all she could hear was the the music. So she wrote a very strong letter to the BBC saying, "I think you're playing your music far too loud on Doctor Who." <laughs> <laughs> So there you are. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm painting it as if they weren't supportive. They were very supportive and lovely parents. I don't mean to be mean. No, absolutely. I get it. And it's what parents do. Yes, yes. Well, I think that's what I picked up on Sylvia. You know, she, she for the most of the series, is always strict and always on Donna's case and forever trying to get her a job and make her do things. And, of course, it always came across as a disgruntled lady who, who, who never saw her potential. But actually, she loved her deeply and just wanted the best for her. Uh, and if she saw her daughter looking unhappy or miserable, it frustrated her, you know. Yeah, as we do as parents. Yeah, exactly. You know all about that. <laughs> yes, yes, with a, a 17, nearly 18-year-old. and uh, yes. Yes, yeah. She's currently working in Lush, just that's got her first job and uh, is loving it. So. Oh, that's great. Isn't that great? It's, it's just lovely when you see them do well and, and you just couldn't be more proud. How marvellous. Exactly. Now, talking of families and the like, of course, we can't not talk about Bernard. Just, oh. I mean, somebody who was a big part of pretty much all our childhoods, and that's oh. Oh, incredible. Completely. He's always there. Completely. I mean, he was part of so many people's lives, and 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 you know, sometimes it's scary to meet your idols because you think, oh, they're only going to be disappointing, when in fact he just surpassed all expectations. He was just the kindest, funniest, sweetest man. So caring. And we went to the funeral, obviously, uh, immediately after he died. But then there was a memorial uh, this year at, at uh, the Covent Garden Church. And it was beautiful because, of course, we talked about all his many talents and his phenomenal ability as an actor. But what was really shining through was that his friends and uh, and acquaintances in the village that they lived, because they had no children, all said what a human being he was. That that, that he would just you know help nurture children in the village. He would he would be part of the community. He uh, all the people who spoke said, oh, he never forgot my birthday. We always got a personal phone call. Uh, it was just so moving. It was lovely. And yes, we miss him desperately. Because I think. You know, what's come across, you know, from watching the likes of Doctor Who Confidential and more recently with uh, the news, is just uh, how close you, David, Catherine and Bernard were as a unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, on the read-through day, because Bernard was there on the read-through for the three specials. Oh, and it was just so lovely. I mean, of course it was moving, because I haven't seen him for a while, because we hadn't stayed in contact, obviously, but... It was just lovely the four of us being together. And people asked us later, did you do much preparation? Well, it, it wasn't necessary, if you see what I mean. Russell had written it so amazingly well and knows our characters inside out. But also the bond between the four of us, I just think, was just evident. It just it, it just flew off the page. We just we started the read-through and the characters were back. 
It's amazing. So, so, you know, we haven't we haven't watched any back episodes or anything to remind us. It was just inside of inside of us. A muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing totally. because in that series, I think your know, series four is the one that everybody holds up as the greatest and just such a great run of stories and the oh. fact that you get to be so rude to David who's obviously one of the most likeable people there, there is around and you just get to be constantly horrible to him <laughs> isn't it fun it's always much more fun being the baddie <laughs> <laughs> you get to say the great lines <laughs> <laughs> and my, my favourite in, in the Star Beast is just the you when he's knocking on the door and she recognises that it's him and just thought how clever of Russell just to give her that one word that was all that was necessary yeah and applied with the death stare as well which oh yeah oh. don't no one would ever guess that I think he's absolutely gorgeous yeah it's it's wonderful yeah I think it's just so much fun being able to yeah to go in and just do that when particularly you've got somebody like Russell writing one of the, oh, the best oh, writers in television it's a, it's a privilege Kenny you know because you genuinely and I don't mean this as a sycophant and I don't mean to sort of you know sound like everything's rosy in the garden but it's just these opportunities are to be treasured uh, and, and when you're working with the calibre of Russell's writing, uh, that makes life so much easier because you're not struggling against a script or trying to make it work or, you know, trying to enliven it or, or looking for the humour or looking for the difference. With his scripts, it just flies off the page. And then you start working with David and Catherine and these wonderful actors. And all you have to do is listen because they're brilliant at what they do and if you're truthfully reacting to what they say you've nailed it you know without without apparent effort but you know I'm not trying to belittle what we do I think you know we've got a few years under our belt so we have learned one or two things along the way yeah and it must have been a real surprise then when you get the message out of the blue to say would you like to come back when you must have thought it was done and dusted could have bowled me over with a feather. I, because for years, lovely people had said um, that they'd enjoyed Series 4 and that was very nice. And, and then they would say, and would you come back? And of course, I would always laugh and say, well, don't be silly, that's not how it works. Um, of course I would. You know, I'd come down from Everest to be back. Um, but um, but uh, I just, you know, laughed it off and said, that's never going to happen. And then it's two years ago now virtually that I got the phone call saying don't tell anybody but keep um, May and June free uh, because you're going to be doing these Doctor Who specials and of course it was impossible to try and I did I did keep it a secret I was very good uh, but my god I was bursting at the seams <laughs> and um, and then and then you, you film it and then you still can't tell anybody the plot finally I was allowed to say I was in it I can't remember at what point we were allowed to I think when Bernard died I think that was it we were all allowed to say that we were working with him oh it's, it's I mean yeah. it's, it's just such a joyous return in Star Beast just with you know the fact that you know there's a next generation to the family and uh, yeah. just yeah yeah with the lovely Rose yeah yeah wasn't it joyous and and as you say it's a, a new generation and 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 having um uh Carl back as as husband you know just gorgeous gorgeous yeah uh, it was a real feeling of family and 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 the very last scene in the in the third episode I just think is beautiful with them all together in the garden 
Yeah, and it's the fact that everybody's at peace and the fact that it's almost like it's a completely different dynamic between uh-huh. the Doctor and Sylvia. It's just sort of things uh-huh. change when referring to the mother-in-law from hell and things like that. It's just, <laughs> it's just perfect. It's such a perfect description. It's perfect. And we will, you know, obviously the, the script indicates that we will forever tease each other and forever be horrible to each other verbally, but the heart is so obvious there that we adore each other. Yeah, because it, yeah. it was such a beautiful end just to, here we go, he's at peace, he's resting and yeah. he's ready to go again. And the fact, yeah. of course, that we hear that Wolf's off shooting moles as well, the fact he's still out there makes it even better. Isn't that just lovely? Well, that was such a great idea. Oh, it's brilliant, because, you know, we knew Bernard was ill and Bernard just, uh, and, uh, Russell made sure that, you know, he had alternate scripts just in case. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that was filmed just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and what, of course, was the fact you coming back, but of course you'd had um, some practice at being Sylvia and the whole family unit again at Big Finish, of course, which oh, was great right. fun. Yeah, I know, that, again, that was a blow me down with a feather moment because I'd enjoyed doing Big Finish, and as you mentioned, you know, that goes way back to, to the, the working with Derek Jacobi and so on. Uh, and then I'd, I'd branched out to all sorts of other things. And I can't remember them all now, but, you know, I've done an awful lot of work there that was not Doctor Who related. And then suddenly, yes, a script arrived that was all about Sylvia. And I thought, oh, blimey, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, here's a thing. Uh, I got to record the episode uh, Star Beast as an audiobook for BBC Audio, not, not for Big Finish. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was a mammoth task because, of course, I'm not a, a mimic. But suddenly, when you're recording the whole book, you have to do David and Catherine and everybody. Uh, so that was a bit scary. <laughs> and getting to play the Roth Warriors as well and do the music, oh, yes. which must have been great oh. fun. <laughs> yeah, especially as I didn't know how they were going to sound. I wasn't sure, you know, whether they'd keep the voices of the actors who played them or not. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit of guesswork. And also, I haven't heard Miriam Margulies uh, playing the meek. Yep. Um, and so, I, again, guesswork of... of, of how she was going to sound. <laughs> it was just brilliant. I mean, it must have been a, you know, a delight for you to watch it and and hear what Miriam done. And of course, Miriam, of course, being another Scottish actress, effectively, will go we'll claim her as one of our own. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that's nice. I didn't even know that. I'm afraid. Yes, her dad's her dad's no. a Scot, and uh, she spent a bit of her childhood here. But uh, ah. there you go. Oh, lovely, lovely. Oh, no, I had no idea. I've been thinking of Scotland so much because this time last year we were up in Shetland. Wow. Uh, yes, we, we spent Christmas and New Year in Shetland. Oh, God, it was gorgeous. We had a, a beautiful cottage in Muckleroe. And, uh, and oh, I just, you know, talk about get, getting back to your roots. Um, I came back feeling 10 years younger and, and, and refreshed and rejuvenated. Yeah, <laughs> it was that's, just gorgeous. It must have been a lovely feeling to be back in your mid-30s. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, just mentioning Highlands there, and of course, we spoke a wee while back about your role in Torchwood as God. And, oh, yes. And maybe you could tell us again about how you found the voice of God, because it, I remember when you told me, it just made me laugh, and it's just so true. <laughs> oh, but the, 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 they've had to be your parents' accents. Exactly. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yes. You know, that, that's the voice of authority. <laughs> <laughs> and and the voice of kindness and wisdom, of course, because they were always right. Yes. <laughs> and if ever I laughed, 
had a pronunciation that they made, my mother would always prove that it dated back much longer and much further than any English pronunciation. <laughs> and so therefore was a much better... She was always right. And uh, so, no, I, there was no question about it. God had to be Scottish. Yeah, it's just that voice of authority. And that's, yes. I mean, that's the thing you grew up with. And to you, that yeah. voice of authority is a Scottish voice. And <laughs> Authority and wisdom. Oh, you know. oh, absolutely. Mustn't forget the wisdom. <laughs> mustn't forget. I mean, Scotland is responsible for so many inventions and and discoveries and medicine and oh, I mean, I, I, if you if you did a comparison head count of what Scotland Scottish people had produced versus English, I think Scotland would win. I'm sure. <laughs> important things, definitely important. Yeah. Things. Tarmac, yeah. for example, there's a nice, simple, basic thing. Television, the lot. And we all exactly. know about John Logie Beard now, of course. And exactly. Okay. Oh, yes. Isn't that lovely? We know him. Um, uh, John Mackay, who played um, Logie Beard. Uh, doesn't, didn't he do a good job? Oh, he was great. Just, oh, just a lot of charm and fun to him. Yes, yes. Oh, no, he's spot on. Perfect man. The, the only thing I hold against him is that he beat me at poker. Oh, Okay, he's not coming on. We're, we were going to blind him up, but no, he's dropped now. We're not having on. No, none of that. Nobody beats our jacks at poker. No, he's off. Cancel the booking. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> but I'm giving him a plug as an actor because I think he's superb. Oh, most definitely is. So where did you watch the specials when they went out? Did you watch them with oh, family? Oh, uh, We had a screening at Battersea Power Station. Ooh. Now, do you know that Battersea Power Station has been regenerated, you know, rejuvenated, whatever the word is, it's been redone and it's taken years and years and it's been such a prominent skyline feature of London, the four big pipes of Battersea Power Station. Uh, and and nobody really knew what they were going to do with it. And and during the summer, finally, after many years, it, it was almost complete. Or maybe it was complete. But in the summer, my husband and I just walked around the perimeter and we ate in one of the restaurants that was looking at the Thames. And it was stunning. And we were so impressed with what they'd done. I'm not normally a huge fan of modern architecture. Uh, I love old architecture. But this was done extremely well. And then uh, in November, the first screening of Star Beast was going to take place inside. So we were thrilled. We thought, oh, we haven't been in. And we were like little kids in a sweet shop just walking around going, oh, look at this. Oh, look what they've done. And then suddenly somebody recognised me and said, you're supposed to be upstairs at this screening. <laughs> I said, oh, sorry. Yes, I will get up there in a minute. I'm just having a look. And, uh, and so then we went up and the screening was in this beautiful cinema and we were all given TARDIS to eat popcorn out of. <laughs> just a great idea. And a lovely bag of jelly babies. Oh. Um, oh, it was super. And so we saw it on the big screen and as Russell himself said, well, that spoiled us for life. Because now we want to see every episode on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> it looked phenomenal. I mean, I still think it looked phenomenal on the TV, but but uh, but oh gosh, seeing it big screen, it was tremendous. And 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 didn't our director do an amazing job? Oh, oh, you know, she was she was phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, and I just think she's got all the excitement and the and the thrills and the spills and all the special effects just spot on. Oh, it's wonderful! Just the pace of it, the humour of it, just yeah. everything. It it's, yeah. it looked epic. It looked a big screen. It looked like a proper movie. 
yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I, you know, I'm biased. Of course, I'm biased. But but my husband's very honest with me, uh, and he came, and I hadn't, you know, I really had kept it a secret. I hadn't told him anything about the plot, and uh, and so he sat and watched it with me, and the popcorn barely reached his mouth because he was just sitting there staring at the screen, going, "Wow, wow!" <laughs> he loved it. He just loved it. So that, that, to me, is a true test, litmus test. Yeah, I'd imagine that since the episodes went out, you've been getting recognised in the street again. No, 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 that doesn't happen. Um, wow. I, I don't know. I mean, that's fine by me. I'm, I'm perfectly happy not to be recognised. I do spend a lot of my time without any makeup and a big pair of glasses and a big hat over my head. <laughs> and I swim every day, so I don't bother with makeup or appearance. Yep. And, um, and so, no, no. Uh, that's that's. I don't really want to spend my life <laughs> worried about what I look like. Yeah. That's very comfortable. Yeah, that's the very that's the strangest combination of gear I've ever heard to go swimming in. But there we go with a big hat and glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, On it's... my way to the pool. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Where did you watch the giggle? Did you watch that one at home? Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yes, we watched um, all, all through, uh, the next. Well, in fact, the, the night that, it, that Star Beast was screened, we were out, but uh, but I had recorded it, obviously. So I, we did watch it again, and we did enjoy it. And then, yes, the next two watched live at, at home. Yeah, weren't they amazing? Oh, it was. I think it was just quite a, an epic end. And then, of course, when Shitty showed up, that was just yeah. such a delight. I mean, it was one of those ones that had been rumoured for the past few weeks but then to actually see it is just incredible yes yes, yes. did you get I, I to meet him I didn't no I, I, I've heard lots about him you know because of course everybody I was working with knew him or had met him or knew of him um, and they were all saying what a delightful man and, and, and terrific to work with and they were very excited about it but sadly no no I met um <laughs> Oh, I'm blanking. Uh, toy maker. Oh, um, Patrick, Neil Patrick Harris. I, I met him very briefly. So that was a joy. Yeah, Shusi just seems such a bundle of energy and joy and just so much. Oh. I, I think there was a picture of him doing like a, a one-handed handstand and things like that. and just. Oh, good grief. <laughs> yes. Well, he's got a hard act to follow though, hasn't he? Because, I mean, David in the second episode, did you see that backflip? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That was astonishing. And, and I mean, even I had to sort of think, good God, yes, he did that, didn't he? He's so athletic. And you know, he's just got five stars for his Macbeth. Yes. I mean, the man, the man is epic. I yeah. think he is phenomenal. Yeah, I think... Oh, aren't we lucky? Oh, we are, definitely. I think um, a lot of people just tend to think of him as being the Doctor Who man. I think that there was a, mm. one of the... I think it was Trevor Eve once referred to him as such, but didn't realise that he had just such an amazing back, oh. you know, background to his career. You know, he's, he's oh. incredible. Just what a talent. Oh. He can do everything. Oh, the amount of times we've seen him in theatre and just totally forgotten that we even know him if you see what I mean yes. you know you just you, because you get lost in the character and the story he's telling and the sincerity he's such a sincere actor yep. uh, he's phenomenal and, and an original one-off oh, what, what, what a privilege to work with him yeah, because I remember seeing him in a play in Edinburgh. It must have been about 2003, maybe 2002. Obviously, long before uh -huh. Doctor Who. And a few of us met up with him afterwards. And um, just what a lovely man. Just great company, oh, yeah. really funny, self-deprecating, yeah. but just yeah. so, so talented. But, I mean, you wouldn't know yeah. that he's no. what a talented actor no. is because he's very... No. Well, he's got that Scottish down-to-air thing where nobody lets you get above your station. Exactly. 
Exactly. I mean, that was. The, I mean, um, it's it's Scottish and it's northeastern. Uh, I don't know whether this translates, but it's just my very very first job was was standing in um, uh, for much ado about nothing in Oxford Playhouse, uh, and it hit the newspapers because I had to go on at the last minute um, for an actor who was ill, and it was my very first job. So it got into the newspapers, and so my local town of Morpeth in Northumberland uh, had read about this, and the local photographer was a man called Alfie State, and he had a broad Geordie accent. And, and as I was walking up the street, returning home after doing that, he opened the door and he shouted, How Jaxie, you're still Mordor in Shakespeare! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that summed it up. It sort of like, yep, yep, you're never, ever going to get ideas <laughs> when you live in a community that just says, you know, that's fine, but <laughs> just remember who you are and where you came from. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love I, it. I just I, I hope Mordorin comes over, uh, you know, for Scottish listeners as murdering. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, good. Good, it's, good. It is one of the best Scottish words, though, to say murder with a Glaswegian accent. Oh, indeed. Indeed. They, they couldn't be more different pronunciations, could they? <laughs> <laughs> it, is the, it is the best known pronunciation, isn't it? Murder. Oh, <laughs> That's perfect. And it's, I think it's in the bow sounds, isn't it? Just getting that. If you can get that guttural, you get oh. the Glaswegian. Oh, I mean, as I say, Pa was Glaswegian and just some of his pronunciations. I just love it. Oh, and my mum and Highlands, you know, just pedal um, <laughs> for a pedal necklace. Uh, and, and, and I would sort of say, you know, are we in jeopardy or are we wearing a necklace? And she would, you know, I'd tease her mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a cousin, Carol, and at the time I had a boyfriend, Carl. And you couldn't tell the difference if she was answering the phone and shouting to me, it's Carol on the phone. I wouldn't know which one she meant. <laughs> 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 it's that wonderful accent. It's just that that beautiful lilt, and just, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's just such yeah. a light, beautiful accent. Oh, it's, it's oh she used to greet me with, "Oh, here she's here." Mm-hmm. Yes, I loved that. I loved it. <laughs> it's it's so Scottish. It's the it's just like just that that um that wonderful greeting. That's just that family. Thing. It's just that, yeah, it's absolutely the sort of thing that my my mum and dad used to do as well. So, oh, yeah, it's, uh, oh that, where, where were they from? Um, well, they're both from Rutherglen. My, well, my dad's originally from Aberdeenshire, and uh, uh-huh. and uh, he moved down here. His family moved down here, and um, and my mum was from Rutherglen, which was my well, my great grandfather was the founder of Nairn's Oat Cakes. Gosh, no, really, really. <gasps> Right now, oh, I'm never fantastic. stopping them. Wow, <laughs> what a heritage! Wow, yeah, that was um, John Nairn, was my great grandfather, and um, oh, that, that's a real claim to fame. How fantastic! It's, it's quite cool. Sadly, it's not the business isn't in the family anymore, but uh, oh. it's a shame because it'd be worth a few. It plays. is a shame, I still enjoy them very much. No, please do, please do enjoy them. They were they're <laughs> as if I've got the power to bless you to say enjoy your oat cakes, <laughs> but it makes me some sort, of, some sort of religious kind of experience eating Nairn's oat cakes. <laughs> yes, yes, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you have them. Uh, all started in the Royal Borough of Rutherglen, and originally the companies came out from of Straven near Bride, so out in. Oh, right, right. Oh, how fascinating! Didn't know any of that. Gorgeous. Yeah, right. all, all this useful, useful, useful. I regard it as useful. You never know when it might come up in the pub quiz. And then by that point, I'll have forgotten, you know, that, because I always do. As soon as you're in a quiz situation, my head goes blank. Yeah, under do pressure. Remember, do, do you remember um, Bernard and I were on Pointless? Yes. Celebrities, and we won thanks to Bernard, because he kept his head and mine went up. 
absolutely empty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's those memories and things that you get to do all because of this daft old TV show with a man I in a big blue box. I know, isn't that crazy? It's amazing. So you mentioned last year you spent Christmas and New Year up in Shetland. So what are your plans for this year? I'm going to Cornwall. Oh, very nice. From one end I of the know. country to the other. Exactly. We're doing the two extremes. And uh, yes, we. I, I think that was part parcel of the, the idea behind it. Yes, yes, go the furthest north and the furthest south. And uh, we've got a wee cottage uh, with a log burner. Uh, overlooking the sea, uh, so it's a bit of a dream. Um, we're going to be there just for a week this time. We were two weeks in Shetland, yeah. and uh, and it'll just be the two of us. But lots and lots of fresh air walks, and and just you know, feeling feeling lucky to be alive. -ness. Absolutely. And what will you toast the new year with? Gosh, um, it, 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 sincerely, sincerely, I want peace for for, for, for the world. Uh, you know, if, if if we continue in this nonsense of war and revenge and anger and hatred, we're going to get nowhere. And until we have peace, we won't save the planet. We won't save it because it's in such jeopardy of, of terrible pollution. Uh, and, and, and without peace, we won't pull together and, and, and help save it and enjoy it and love it for all its natural beauty. That's that was a bit profound, wasn't it? Well, it's, but it's true. It's very much so. I will raise a glass of Bailey's Irish cream to that. Oh, yes, me too. Oh, oh I'm very fond of my Bailey's. Oh, absolutely. Uh, sadly, whiskey's not quite my thing, uh, but there is a Scottish version of Bailey's, uh, which is called Magnum, and it comes oh. in what looks like a milk churn. And it's very, very nice. Tell you what, Jax, I'll try and find you some. Next time I see one, I'll pick you one up and I'll get it to you in the post. Bless you, that sounds gorgeous. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, I, this is just a Christmas treat, but I just splash a wee bit of Baileys into my coffee every day after I've been out for a long walk. And, uh, and so I just have a Baileys coffee when I come in. Mm. Now you've... Mm -hmm. Gosh, now you've got me tempted. Oh, oh well. <laughs> and it's only two, and it's two forty p.m. My goodness. <laughs> Bailey's o'clock. Yeah, it always is. It always is in my head, if not in real life. But there we go. <laughs> Jax, thank you so much for your time. It's been wonderful. Not at all. Not at all. I wish you such a happy Christmas and a great hogmanay, and uh, and and whatever you desire for two thousand and twenty-four. And there we go. That was lovely. That was not particularly a scripted or formal interview in any way whatsoever, but more just of a of a chat between two people who have got on very well. And that was because we first spoke ages ago for Vortex. That was the first time I spoke to Jax. And we got on very well and stayed in touch by text and email uh, over the years. And Jax is a total technophobe, so never ask her to do a Zoom or anything like that because it ain't going to happen. But uh, she can work on mobile <laughs> and that's all that we need. That'll do. That's absolutely great. And certainly, just talking, we mentioned earlier the Doctor Who Annual. Would you like me to tell you what the Doctor Who Annual has to tell us about Sylvia? Oh, yeah, it'd be fun. Let's have a look. Okay, it's here on page 35 of Paul Lang's text. Donna's mum barely batted an eyelid when her daughter vanished into thin air on the day of her first wedding. She was already weary from years of Donna's silly stunts. Sylvia was always suspicious of the Doctor whenever he turned up, as chaos was never far behind, and she was furious to learn Donna had been wandering off through the stars with him. Knowing that Donna could die if she remembers her time with the Doctor, she's frantic with worry when he reappears after so many years. That was just such a good scene, as Jax mentioned, just that, you, 
brilliant. Yes. She's. I mean, we were we were talking um, ourselves, not on mic, just about that introduction to her in the Runaway Bride, and she's just she's a fully formed character from the word go. Yeah, and it and it's nice that you know that she you know we should say it was nice that she was able to come back and continue with her association with characters she first played back in two thousand and six, which is amazing. Isn't a nice through line, and you know it was interesting seeing, especially in the Star Beast, how she sort of softened in a lot of ways, and she was obviously a lot more caring of you know towards Donna, and and had, you know as I say softened. It was it was really nice to see that development for her, even after all this time. And at first, I think you could maybe say she was almost caricatured at first, not in the way bright, but even once she came back for season four, um, you know she had a lot more to do and was rounded out and stuff, and you know you got a real sense of why she was like the way she was like and, and it's, it's ni- it was nice to see how you know much warmer a person she'd become over the years when she came back yeah yeah and I think I mean turn left for me still one of the great top two stories and just the, the way that all, I mean all the regulars in that are just fantastic Catherine's brilliant and Jax is amazing in that and just Bernard as well just what an, an yeah. amazing performance and, and sometimes yeah. an episode that's and often let's, overlooked let's, Listeners, if you want to hear more of our thoughts on Turn Left, one of our very, very early episodes, we, we did that one and a couple of the other Doctor Light episodes. So scroll way the way back down, whatever it is you receive your podcast, and you can hear Kenny and Tom and I talking about that a few years ago. Gosh, I'd completely forgotten. Yes, that's absolutely. Incidentally, on well, TV, a, as I talked, Dave, Sir John Hurt is on TV just now. I've got Alien on in the background just now. Ah, that's interesting because he was his um, whistling. I'll come to you was on the other evening as well. I think on oh. the talking we've been showing the old BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas. I think number thirteen was on last night as we as we record. Who else from Doctor Who did I see on television over Christmas? Well, Ozzy Gummidge was on obviously because talking pictures are repeating that. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of Johnsy going on. That was fun. I'm not sure if I saw anyone else to be honest. I'm just trying to think what oh, else well. I watched Talk over Christmas. Not too much really, just with being away from home. So. I've got a whole load of viewing to catch up on, so I was about to say I've got um, the Great British Bake Off, but the the Doctor Who type people from that have gone now in terms of Sandy Toxvig or even Matt Lucas, so, oh well. Not to worry, it is possible to enjoy things that don't have a Doctor Who connection. I do recommend it once in a while. <laughs> really? I'll have to give that a go sometime. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time today, and I hope you're enjoying the party. I think we should go and maybe mingle with some other people and um, yes. make our way I'm gonna, out. Um, I'm going to drag, drag Tom away from that fight he's about to have in the corner. We'd better go and inter- interrupt there and, and see what's happening. That's a very um, good point. No, you're all idiots. I am right. You're all wrong. Anyway, have a happy new year, numpties. So I saw Philip Morris putting lots of sausage rolls into our carrier bags. And we're quite lucky considering the temperatures, which are, you know, can be, you know, the upper 30 degrees. Fortunately, in this case, they had been kept, uh, you know, in the optimal condition. I want to find out what he's up to and corner him and find out if he's got the massacre hidden in his garage or not. <laughs> Now that you've been reading about it and uh, yeah, in, yes. in lots of ways. So, yes, that'd be fascinating to know what he's got. Meantime, Dr. Boland's too busy been reading my dictionary and coming up with more and more clever words. So, yes, we'll have to um, sort that out. Wow. I never knew that. I guess that's why they say every day's a school day. And as for Stevie, he's just going through my DVD collection over and over and over again. 
I cannot believe these season 13 DVDs are out of order. I thought better of you, Kenny. All the work we had done to structure discs, to make sure they were padded well, cleaned in individual case boxes when not on display, and then when someone was coming round, make sure they were back in their steelbooks. Kenny, my my disappointment is is so enormous and, and so complete that it just makes me want to cry. It was very nice of him to put it all in order for you without, um, without even asking him to, so... <laughs> yes, that's... We'll have, to, we'll have to, to calm him down and get up to try and... Right, anyway, enough, listeners. Have a good one when it comes. All the best for 2024. Indeed, Dave. But Dave, since it's the end of the year, I'm going to ask you to choose our final tune of the year. So what would you like to play out today with? What will I get on oh, in the background? Ian Levine's our DJ. What am I going to get him to play? I've spent hours and hours and hours on the phone ringing all over the world Sorry. to all corners of the globe. Um... Let's let's be cliched as heck. Let's be corny as heck. Let's play it with Runrig doing Loch Lomond. Why? Oh, why not? Why not? Right, Levine, <laughs> you heard Dave's request. Why? No, no, no. I don't care what the producer John Nathan no, Turner did. No. no. Why? No, we're not, no. We don't want we don't want to hear your unreleased remixes of Bad Boys Inc. Ian, can we get some Runrig, please? Why? Just do it. The sun shines on Loch Lomond, where me and my true love spend many days on the banks of Loch Lomond. To swear we parted and yon shady glen. The steep sides of Ben Lomond With a broken heart No, no second spring Resigned we must be While we're parting Let's hear it That's different. That was different. What did it say? Um, it used it used to be a thing that filled the whole screen, and this time it was just a little box that popped oh. up at the bottom. Oh well, there we go. There we go. That's your, that's your behind the scenes post credits outtake there. <laughs> <laughs>